Hello, recovering perfectionists. I'm Claire Riley, and it's here on this show where I connect with some incredible people to have the big conversations about what it means to be tangled up in the web of trying to do everything perfectly and not really stepping into our aligned ideal way of living and doing business. And being a list-making, freedom-seeking professional Virgo, I love getting to the bottom of what's really going on in the various places where perfectionism rears its ugly head. And I have a really strong focus on helping um, to uncover some really great tips and tools and tricks to get past it and get out of your own way. So today I'm super excited to show off my guest for a few reasons. First of all, this person is a heart-centered personal and business development coach. This person also has a background in athletics and hospitality and resort management, is a motivational speaker, and they've also hosted their own TV show, which I'm sure we'll talk about shortly. But most excitingly, this person is our very first dude on the show. So welcome, James Gardner. <laughs> Thank you, Claire. <laughs> the first dude on the show. First dude on the show. How rock star are you? <laughs> That's so, good. I'm, I'm pleased to be here. Thank you very much. It's awesome to have you. And I just want to do a really super duper quick um, bit of the backstory. For a little while, probably the last couple of years, I've had in my head that I wanted to do some sort of mini series called The Imperfect Man, where I really wanted to chat with guys about how perfectionism shows up for men and how perfectionism in other people um, impacts men and your business, your relationships, your um, friendships, all of that sort of thing. Um, but it's only in the last couple of months that I started thinking, like, this is really important. I really want to do this. And I've made a list of all the guys who I'd like to approach, um, but I hadn't kind of gotten any further. And then into my inbox pops this beautiful email from, from yourself saying, do you think this would be a good time to have a heart-centered guy join your podcast? And I was like, yes, I do. So it's all perfect, perfect timing. Nothing happens accidentally. And I'm really, really, really stoked that, um, that we get to have this conversation. So thanks awesome. again for coming on. So do you want to tell us a little bit about you and your journey in a nutshell and who you are and what you do and all of that sort of thing? Sure, sure. So, uh, yeah, James Gardner, and I am a personal and business development performance coach. I work with a company called Leap Zone Strategies out here in Canada. We, we work with uh, clients all over the world, um, really working on their, their all, all aspects of their business, understanding their personality, their brand DNA, how to create a strategy and, and implement said strategy, uh, positioning, everything comes down to positioning. So how how do we uh, get them to differentiate themselves uh, and, and, then, and then position it accordingly to their ideal clients? Mm. In all of that, though, is ultimately everyone we work with is a, is a person, is a personal brand. And my big thing and my big contribution is really unpacking the truth in everyone uh, because the the truth will always, if there's a, if there's a misalignment, it will manifest itself in business mm. guaranteed uh, at some point it will. And uh, what we want to do is, is I truly believe in getting to the, getting to the, the core essence of who a business owner is. Uh, and then outward, everything is congruent in every facet that they, that, that they work in their business. Mm. Sounds absolutely perfect. And it's exactly, I guess, the space that I feel really blessed to have been working in and, and had, you know, some really great influential people who sort of taught me that sort of thing as well. And about having boundaries and showing up authentically and being honest about what you want and how you want to live and who you do and don't work with and 
you know, all right. of those sort of things. It has such big filters, but it's, it's often one of those things where you've kind of got to go through the process to understand what, where you stand on some of those things, right? So you do, yeah, you have to roll up your sleeves and do the deep work, right? <laughs> you, you need to get in the trenches and it's to get to, to really unpack the truth, to get to your real truth in, in business or in, or in life, it, it, you have to roll up your sleeves and, and dive in, mm. you know? Um, yeah. yeah, and, and the, the reward is magic. Yes. It's, it's, it's brilliant when you get it, yeah. right? And it's a work yeah. in progress, right? Like I feel like so many times I have a conversation as well as, you know, my own things where I've gone, all right, this is it. This is, I'm so passionate about this. This feels right. This is a good fit. And then you get some period down the track, whether it's a day or a month or a year and you're something's quite kind of doesn't feel like it's the right fit anymore. And when you open that can of worms, it can be a bit scary because you've evolved past it or it was, you know, a great experiment, but it was the wrong direction or it was, you know, there's some sort of misfit. So it's definitely a work in progress thing, right? Where it's not like, a, all right, we've done that work. Now we can move on with the rest of our life and never talk about it again. So, so true, Claire. I mean, that, that's the thing is, and you know, right, we, even as coaches, we never stop evolving. People yeah. never stop growing. And, and yeah, our truth will always be there. Yet the, the, I, I use the middle lane analogy a lot. And, and so that middle lane will always evolve as we evolve. And, mm -hmm. and what we need to do is just adjust the scope of the lane as we move forward in life. Mm -hmm. And as we attract new business associates or venture out or go into relationships, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it, it ultimately has to serve us. Yeah. And so where do you start with that sort of thing? You've mentioned like personality and brand profile and brand DNA and, um, mm -hmm. you know, all of that sort of thing. Where does that sort of start? Do you, do you look at things like personal values or lifestyle design or like where's a kind of good jumping off point for people who are listening who may be feeling a bit like it's not aligned but they're not really sure what it is that they want. They don't really, you know, there's a lot of people who um, in, in the listenership who are, perhaps mums, um, new mums who feel they've maybe lost their identity through motherhood and having different focuses yeah. and all that sort of thing. Right. And they're starting right. to go like, all right, like, am I still the same person I was 10 years ago, five years ago, or, you know, what's changed? So where do you kind of start to, to suggest people, you know, start yeah, if, yeah, if we're talking the personal brand, which is, you know, uh, you know, the moms, the, the, the people at home, right, that aren't maybe solopreneurs yet or, or whatnot, it's definitely, it's definitely getting clear on what it is that we want. Mm. We have to get crystal clear on, on where we, where we want to get to, uh, not the how, don't get caught up in the steps. Don't get mm. caught up in, and and getting distracted by how we're going to manifest it or how we're going to create that. Um, no. Once we get crystal clear on, on what it is we want, the how will start to proceed itself. Mm. And the it's always about taking the very next step, right? Mm. For, I mean, we, at LeapZone, we're, we're heart-led conscious business. And we, and because of that, unfortunately, as you, as not unfortunately, <laughs> wrong choice of words, it's, it's predominantly women because men, a lot of men aren't kind of, we're swinging that pendulum a little bit, mm -hmm. right? So we deal mostly with women and a little bit more open to this. And, and, you know, the men's, the conscious male is definitely growing and we need more of them, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it is about getting to our own personal DNA. What makes us who we are? What are our values, right? Mm -hmm. What are our cultural tenets that we, we adhere by that we make decisions? 
Um, and, and, you know, in, at LeapZone, we talk about brand DNA and really that's, that's with a business owner, that's really the personal DNA. So they're, mm. so the core values, what are, what are your decision makers, right? Who do you, who do you choose to be friends with? Who do you choose not to be friends with? You mm. talked about boundaries and your opening, right? And, and boundaries are super critical. Mm. The power of no is such an empowering word. On both right. sides, being told no can also test your own boundaries and, and, you know, the recovering perfectionist thing we talk about often is practicing failure on whatever scale that looks like. And I always forget what book it was in, but someone suggests going into Starbucks and ordering a coffee and asking for a discount because invariably the answer is going to be no. And it's not a life or death situation, no, but just getting taught that you can ask for something and be rejected and no one's going to die and it's going to be okay is kind of one of those steps, right? But it's also, yeah, like you said, with, with boundaries. And, and I feel like I've had this conversation a few times recently where um, going through the processes of startup and working with people in a business, um, in your own business, is a really, it's almost an easier version of setting some boundaries. And when you set a boundary because you've been tested in something with your business, it actually has a really beautiful flow on effect to the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Because you just said the magic word, flow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When you when you honor yourself and you honor your boundaries, it it, it helps to take the push out of the equation, mm. that force. Yeah. Right. And things just things just go. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, you see it so often when, especially if it's a big well anything really, but especially when it's a big decision. As soon as you've made the decision and you've acted on it because there was some incongruency or misalignment or something that you sort of saw and then you couldn't unsee and you bloody well had to make it just like a change, <laughs> right. um, which is terrifying at the time. But as soon as you've made it, it's like you're instantly rewarded. There's always that, you know, almost instant feedback. Like you shut one door and 15 other ones open, right? hundred percent. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it, it it's almost becoming... I don't want to say cliche that we talk about that, you know, the, the, the universe presents itself source source presents opportunity. Right. And it's like, and it's true. This happened to me literally a year ago. You know, I, 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 and it, and I do this for a living and it still amazes me sometimes <laughs> when it happens, you know? Yeah. Uh, but when you honor yourself and you, you set those boundaries uh, and you close a door. Yep. All of a sudden, boom, they open and yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing, right? Yeah, I think so as well. And I think, um, you know, people talk about it in different ways. And one thing that um, I guess that in probably a couple of years, that's why well, I can't even remember what happened, but it finally made sense to me was this idea about being magnetic, which means if you're magnetic, you're also going to be repellent. But the more magnetic you are by being, you know, kind of over the word, but authentic and being actually sort of just standing in like, this is me, take it or leave it, like it or lump it, you know, all the Australianisms I'm sure you've heard before. Um, <laughs> the more that you do that, it's, it can be a bit scary because it is repellent to some people, but the people it's repellent to aren't supposed to be in your world anyway, you know? Correct. And the more repellent you are to those people, the more attractive you are to the right people, whether it's friends, relationships, business networks, clients, that sort of thing. But it's really scary to take that first step to be, you know, not all things to all people. It is. It is. And I think we're, we're, we're groomed by society or groomed by expectation in our lives that we, we always need to play nice in the sandbox or we, right. need, to, we, need, we need to associate. Yeah, right. And, and worth is being liked. 
Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, so how does that show up, especially for, for guys, James, with, with the, the likability, like I, I know, um, in Australia, especially the tall poppy syndrome is all about, you know, um, staying within the status quo and not standing up too much and, and, and all that sort of thing. And, and certainly I use the term recovering perfection as pretty interchangeable with being a people pleaser and, um, being a yes girl and, you know, having to be all things to all people and being a bit of a chameleon with all of that sort of thing. So how does it show up for guys? Do you think? You mean the the recovering perfectionist mindset, like having having well, to be a, a people pleaser and having to fit in, well, and and that's you know, I think I think the, the males in in general there's there's expectations that males have just like sure. females have, right? And I think I think um, what's happening now is I talked about that kind of paradigm shift. And, and so there's a lot of males out there that are in this kind of purgatory mm. of, you know, they, they want to be more emotional. They want to be more emotionally accessible for their, for their partners, for just in general. Mm. And then, you know, they walk that fine line between the, the bro club and you know, having like really heart, heartfelt discussions or, or being, or being vulnerable. Let, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and, and mm -hmm. I think, I think it's a real, there's a real struggle going on right now with, with men. Um, and it's, it's a, it's good on the one hand that I see a lot of men engaging in these conversations mm -hmm. and more and more every day. And, and, um, I, you know, I was just at an event this weekend and, and I was surrounded by a bunch of amazing men that, that truly, you know, their, their soul's on fire. And, and it, it, it's an amazing thing to see. Um, but, or, and, I don't like to say, but, and uh, there's, there's a lot that we need more conversations. We need more men to step up like you're doing and, and, and to, to champion like I am to mm. to welcome them into the foray of 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 being consciously aware mm. and I I don't know I can't speak for for a woman for you Claire but I I would assume as I I mean most women would love to have more conscious males in the world mm. um, showing up and doing their part and and elevating the human condition that's yeah. just my take yeah I can high five you with that completely high five virtual high five across the seas. <laughs> <laughs> so um, something that that makes me think of is there's a beautiful um, festival that I've gone to for the last three years running called seven sisters, which is down in Victoria. It's a women's only or um, people who identify as women only in terms of the staff, the organizers and all of the attendees and, and people who um, do the presentations and run the stalls and everything. And it is the most beautiful connected open loving safe uh emotionally developmental like i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it there's so much worth in that weekend even if you went back and pretended like it didn't happen it's kind of un the unseeable stuff right but when i was there when i first went there um i was still married i'm not anymore but i was still married and i also have a son my first child's a son he's uh, seven and a half now and i had this overwhelming like 
not sadness, but just a, almost like a disappointment. Like I really wish there was something like this for men and boys because, you know, at Seven Sisters, they encourage um, young women from about, I think, age 11 or 12 to come through and also, you know, experience that openness and the mentorship and the guidance and leadership from, from you know, women of all ages and that sort of thing. And I just thought, oh, that's such a shame that there isn't something that I knew of at the time. There is now one, I think, that's being prepared, but for men. And I just think that's, especially for, um, for men who don't necessarily want to walk around or don't feel safe to walk around in their everyday life in that sort of, you know, the consciousness and the openness, then at least there could be this safe container for a few days yes. where they can at least yeah. that and, and start to get comfortable. I mean, five years ago, I would have probably gone to something like that and rolled my eyes and been like, what the hell is this until I experienced it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's the, yeah, I, I just think it's one of those things. And I, you know, having a son now, I'm so conscious and I've got a son and a daughter and I see my daughter, she'll be fine. There is so much about, you know, conscious women and empowerment for women and all of that sort of thing that I almost look at my son and think, oh, you poor thing, you're going to be trampled on by all these amazingly strong women who, you know, <laughs> have different sort of things. So, yeah, I guess I'm really conscious of, of, of that and I really welcome and I'm surprised by being able to have conversations on that level with men. I'm used to having them with women now, but it's almost a surprise and that's a real shame because I know it's there, but it, there's like this stigma around, no, you've got to be the, the bro, you know, like you said. Right. And it, it is a shame because I, even my close circle, uh, those, you know, the people that I have these type of conversations that really light me up, they're, they're all women. Right. They're, you know, they're mostly all women, probably, eight, I don't know, 90%. Yeah. of my close circle. Um, and, you know, and I know that there's more men out there. They're just, it's just harder for me to, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not going to go fishing for, for <laughs> friends to have beers with and have some, you know, heart wrenching open discussions, but you know, it'll, it'll happen when it happens. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. I think, I just think it's a really interesting conversation to have and, and, um, you know, one thing that I guess has been on my radar the last 18 months since being single again, being back in the dating game is, like I said, that having some of these conversations where almost a complete stranger kind of opens up to you about these things, but then in the real life situations, you're seeing a totally different person. And I'm, I just, I think that's a real shame, but I think we all do it on some level where obviously you fit in and you have the conversations with the people with whom you're confident and comfortable having those conversations, but it's about having the strength and the courage to look different to all of your peers by standing up and kind of like leading the way with them as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, you know, with, with a lot of the work that I've done on myself, it's, it's, it's the same, like James Gardner is the same, whether I'm in an interview, whether I'm on stage, whether I'm in Starbucks, whether I'm at the gym, whether I'm having a beer with a friend, it's, it's the same. Right. And, and, and there's something I, I, it took a while to get there. Uh, and there's something very liberating about it. Yeah. yeah. And just owning the fact that whatever you want to call conscious male, like for me, masculine, feminine, I have perfect blend, whatever you want to call it. And I, and I, and I, I embellish in that. I love it. Mm. And then there's a sense of freedom now that, that I didn't have before with it. And I just, yeah. I feel, I feel empowered and it, yeah. yeah, it's just empowering. Yeah, I love it. And so one of the things you mentioned in um, in your bio is about being a conscious warrior. And you've mentioned the word conscious mm. quite a few times. So tell me a bit more about that. What does that mean? 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm almost, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's also my book, Conscious Warrior, going okay. all in with love. And, and, and that's in its final stages right now. And yeah. it's, I've, I've lived a very, Claire, I've been very fortunate. I've lived a, a, a kind of an adventurous, I've always been a searcher, seeker life. I, I grew up in the East Coast of the States, then I lived in Manhattan and LA and yeah. Vancouver and done a lot of things. And I've experienced a lot of, of stuff, uh, including achievements uh, in, at a high level in rowing, in the sport of rowing, which I know is big in Australia as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I was always a warrior. Like that, it was always had this warrior mindset, right? I get shit done, disciplined, committed, um, you know, kind of like that balls out approach doesn't matter. Right. And, and, and it was, it was about three, three years ago now, you know, I, I made a, I had a, what I call a jungle event, which is, um, you know, I was in the jungle and I went searching for myself and I, and I decided to, I decided to walk away from my family. Uh, and, um, so I kind of, stripped myself of all societal expectations and what people say I should be doing and what I, you know, what I shouldn't be doing and all this. And I just honored myself and, and I went in the shit swamp for, for, for a while, right. To do the deep work. And, um, and coming out of that is, you know, what landed for me is my inner truth, my real truth and, uh, and a state of grace. And so grace for me is love in all things uh, and um, leading with love. And so as I began that long trek back out of the jungle, I began to realize that I'm still a warrior, but now I'm a conscious warrior. So, mm. you know, I, I, I kind of, my, my kind of internal intention, if you will, is, is um, a warrior mindset with angelic grace. That's mm -hmm. kind of how I, I show up every day. Uh, and, um, and so that's, that's what it means to me, you know, masculine, feminine, whatever it is. And, mm -hmm. and, um, it's just a state of acceptance, um, and honoring myself and, um, and just step and just holding space for others and being mm -hmm. of contribution. It's, yeah. it's, you know, that's, that's what I'm here for. I love it. I, we, we talk about, um, you know, the recovering perfectionist and it, it can be a little triggering for a lot of people because people say, you know, often when I talk about being a recovering perfectionist, I'm met with things such as, oh, but I, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to do things perfectly, but I, um, I still want to do a really good job. So, and, and I'm like, what? You <laughs> That's fine. I do, I do as well. I have very high standards and there's still certain aspects of, of perfectionism that serve me really well, you know, and, and my inner perfectionist has, some boundaries and she's not allowed in my business, but she can polish the cutlery or she can send <laughs> the Christmas cards a month early. You know, she's still got to have a purpose. Right. But, and to me, um, yeah, getting over the perfectionism and being a recovering perfectionist is kind of the same as what you're saying. So I still have intention and ambition and I still want to serve and I still want to show up and I still want to feel fulfilled from the work that I'm doing and also to you know, fill the other cups that of people that I'm working with and people that I interact with, but it's more, it's conscious, it's intentional. It's intentionally showing up rather than just um, showing up and doing everything perfectly because I need that external validation. So to me, it's two different things, but like exactly what you said, it's conscious. Intention. That is, 
Yeah, Claire, that's, that's amazing because that's exactly what, what I was going through my mind. And you just said external validation. And, and, you know, leading up to this podcast, I'm thinking, okay, well, am I really a perfectionist? Have I ever been a perfectionist? And I'm like, okay, well, I've never really wanted to be paralyzed by perfection per yeah. se, but, but I, I, I equated it to, to that. So mm-hmm. I used to, I used to hustle and work and drive all for a sense of self-worth external in yeah yeah whether it was my rowing right yeah. whether it was my coaching my status and in, in, you know having a tv show whatever it was it was it was for a set, sense of self-worth uh, externally and and when when i really discovered that about myself and that kind of false sense of attention and whatever whatever my my issues were my baggage that's i think what that's was me being a recovery perfectionist it's yeah. like now i i i mean i do i do it i'm 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 in front of people all the time and but it's so it, it's it, everything comes in out now it's more aligned yeah it totally is and mm-hmm. so um it, it is it's everything is internal and and it's a it's a being of service mm. um and again it goes to that it goes to that flow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I guess I always will be a recovering perfectionist because <laughs> I, I have to be reminded sure. of that. Like we never forget. I talk about this with my clients all the time. I don't, I, I don't forget and just, just put it out of sight, out of mind, right. the, the, the shit swamp that I went through to get to where I am. Mm. No, no, no. no. Like it, it always will be there as a, as a resonating um, catalyst for me to, mm. to keep moving forward. Mm. Right. Yeah. And it reminds me of something else that, um, that you said somewhere, which was about going from hard work to hard work and Mm. putting in like what I, you know, there's lots of sort of analogies around that, but I really loved that phrase that you can still, you know, I mean, when I was an an employee, I was a brilliant employee and I would brag to people that I have never taken a sick day and I wouldn't take a sick day until someone physically sent me home from the office because I was half dead in the, you know, but if they didn't do that, I was struggling through and I would only get sick every couple of years, but I'd end up in hospital for six weeks because I was so sick, you know, and, but that's how I showed up and that's how I got the validation. And, you know, I would go through job interviews and they always ask the question, what motivates you? And I would say, like, I love money. That's awesome. But I really, really, really like a pat on the back. If I've done something wrong, I'll put my hand up. But if I've done something right, I need some, like, I need some, some gratitude, you know? And so that was kind of my thing. But now that I feel like the work that I do and the people who I work with and the things that I say no to is much more aligned to my, my gifts and what feels easy and therefore it comes easy and it's easy to deliver and that sort of thing, I still put in the same, um, the same um, effort, but it doesn't feel like it, right? So is that what you're talking about with hard work to hard work? 100%. Right. 100%, right? And in <laughs> rowing, in rowing, we talk about the swing, right? So, you know, you get it, it, it just becomes effortless, even though you're, you're, you're working your tail off because everything's connected and it's just becomes this, this magical thing that in that sport doesn't happen every time you get in a boat, right? And, and it's the same here in business and, and in life when we're, when we're in that flow state, it just, it, it's just a good place to be. Um, and, um, and you're, yeah, there's an acceptance. It's just a grace about it. I just, I just find that, you know, we're not forcing, I don't, 
you know, for our business people out there, right? I don't, I don't like that. I, I don't want to be involved with that old world sweat equity. Let me work 16 hours a day. Yeah. No, why? Get <laughs> a job, work for someone else for 16 hours a day and probably get paid better. <laughs> At least get your hey. holidays paid for. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you know, I, no, I want to, I want to live. I, I, you know, I mean, um, I, I want to reconnect. I mean, part of my journey is reconnecting to little Jimmy, right. To, to my, to my inner oh, child yeah, yeah. from way back. And, and every day it's like, okay, this is my, this is my playground. What's, what's going to happen today, today? Right. Yeah. 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 You know, so curiosity, curiosity and play have been a big theme for this year, I think. And given that most of what most people had planned went out the door, it's a beautiful opportunity <laughs> to step into that and actually ask the questions like what would happen if, or I wonder how, or that sort of thing. Cause we've kind of, you know, got this beautiful reminder that things aren't probably going to go according to plan all the time. Right. So it's a good opportunity. Right. Right. And, and I, you know, it just, just to harp on, harp on that for a second, that, that inner child thing, I just, I was very fortunate enough to give a, a, a keynote this weekend in Vancouver and we, I talked about that. I'm like, you know, at some point, inevitably, all of us, we're like, we're in this big holding pattern and there's this doorway ahead of us and, and through that doorway is, is when real life starts and it starts differently for other people. But when we walk through it, it's like all of a sudden we go in and we lose our innocence. It's like gone. Mm. Right. And it's like all of a sudden, okay, well, I got to get a job. I got to do this. I got to save for retirement. I should get married now. I should have this many kids. I should drive this car. Right. And it's like, why, you know, that doesn't have to be that way. There's, there's no reason why we can't go back and reconnect to that kind of just that sense of wonder. And like you yeah. said, like just that sense of play, play and work always. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Right. Right. And so like for me, um, obviously having my kids who are six and seven is, is also a really great opportunity because I hear the words coming out of my mouth and I'm like, but I'm not living that. And whether it's about, um, you know, go outside and spend some time in the sunshine or what I'm like, why aren't I going outside and spending more time in the sunshine or, go play with your Lego. I'm like, why don't I go and play? Which might mean reading a book rather than working or something. And I'm trying to, you know, live um, according to what I actually believe in because that's what I'm always harping on about with the kids. So that's, you know, one beautiful side effect of being a parent, I suppose. But what other kind of tips do you have for people who might be feeling like they're feeling a bit stuck or they're not living in, you know, the, the lifestyle or the, um, the whole space and that alignment that they want to be, where do they start? Where do they start to kind of uncover and then move away from the shit and move towards the good stuff? Right. Right. Well, each of us, each of us has a spark inside that's waiting to, to ignite. And, and for all of us, it may be different that, you know, what kind of lights that, that, that spark, that spark for me, for, for a lot of people that I see, there's usually a creative component yeah. to it. So, you know, I think humans by nature, the majority of us, there, there's, there's a creative hardwire pattern in us. Like there's a, there's something where we get a charge. We get an endorphin hit about, oh, I want to do this, or wouldn't it be great to, to do that? And dream, 
why not? So, you know, like it, when, when COVID first hit, it was all about, this is your chance. Like you, you have a perfect opportunity to sit down and write day in and day out. What, what lights your fire? Like get back to, get back to that wonder of, okay, what would, what would make me happy? What would I want to do? You know? Um, and, and getting clear, going back to getting crystal clear on that. And then it's simply, well, what would be one step to mm. take? Yeah. What would be the very next step? Um, and I, for anyone listening to this, I would say your very first step is to have a consistent um, check-in with yourself with, with, a, with a pen and a paper. Yeah. Not on a keyboard, with, with a pen and a paper to, to tangibly write down some things perhaps have gotten away from your life, have gotten out of your life, right? Um, What are things that you used to love to do? Um, What are things that you wish your partner would do, right? Mm -hmm. What are, what are, what are some of the music that lights your, lights your fire, right? Because what that does, Claire, is it creates, it's part of a winning ritual. So what you start to do is when you have those things then you start to kind of put together your little, daily okay this is my utility belt for me for my superhero mom to go to work yeah. first i gotta i'm gonna watch a 20 minute video or i'm gonna read two pages a day i'm gonna put my music on mm. to inspire me before i i start something i'm gonna meditate i'm gonna breathe mm. go for a walk whatever it is right um taking time for you is the best thing that you can do first mm. uh to and then to build upon yeah i couldn't agree more and just connecting with um, exactly what it is that is misaligned and what you want to move towards. I find sometimes people are so in the murky whatever of this is shit that they can't even quite see what they want more of. It's just like, I just don't want this. So even sometimes connecting with what are the elements, you know, I, I had a conversation with my best friend years ago about what would need to change. And my answer was everything. I couldn't even see what the good thing looked like. I just needed everything. Like nothing <laughs> felt like it was working, you know. And then listing out some of those things that weren't working helps you to clarify like what are the things because usually it's not actually everything, right? But it gets really clear on the things that are specifically not fitting, which can be a bit of a scary thing because once you've seen it, you can't unsee it and you have to make a change. It kind of cause it forces you to stare down your demons a little bit and make some usually some decisions and some decent sort of changes. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with the, the connecting to what you want more of. One of the biggest questions I ask my clients um, before we even start working together usually is what are three things, the three things that you want to spend more time doing in your business and in your personal life, but especially if you're looking at business. And someone asked me that about four or five years ago. And everything that I said were the things that I was giving the least amount of energy and time to. Well, I can't unsee that. So now I have to actually... <laughs> you know, put the plans in. So I agree, like getting yeah. clear and, and dreaming. And, you know, I feel like I schedule time in to lie on the couch and daydreaming about stuff, especially when I'm in a bit of a like stuck place. Cause I want to, I want to get clear on, you know, if, if I could wave a magic wand, what would it actually look like? And, and being really clear on that sort of daydreaming part. I love it. Um, and I was looking through, I used to do cap, I do captain's orders, which is sort of similar to journaling, but it's obviously writing, you know, a heap of orders from your brain to yourself about yep. how things actually are, but it's stating them as though they've already happened. And looking back from things that I was writing 18 months ago, I was looking at them going, 
holy shit, every single one of these things is now in my life consistently from the place that I live in, the location, the city that I live in, how I spend my days, who I work with, how much money I make, all of those sort of things, because I was really crystal clear on like the, that was not negotiable. I didn't, as you said at the very beginning, I didn't know how I was going to get there. I had no idea, absolutely no idea, but that's what I wanted. And that's what bloody happened. Like it, it's so powerful, right? Um, yeah. So the whole dreaming and the intention setting and getting clear on that sort of thing. And then do you think the next part of that is actually, you know, you've mentioned sort of breaking it down and just taking the next step and making small changes and, you know, getting really micro on some of those planning things to actually come up? Yeah. I mean, ultimately I, I believe everything does need a plan. Most things need a plan. I mean, nothing is built without a blueprint usually mm-hmm. in the world, right? There's a design. So at some point, um, you know, there, there should be a strategy involved. And uh, when we get clear on what we want, uh, sometimes it's easy to then reverse engineer from that. So, you know, I had one client recently that she, she wanted to, uh, you know, uh, have a really hard discussion with her husband and, and, and move on in a, in a a different, um, different way. So, um, she got clear on that and then she figured out when she wanted that to happen. Yeah. Right. And then worked her way back. Okay. So, you know, this month is going to be this focus. I need to do this. And just, you know, that's, that's the, the the reverse engineering and you can take that right down to the micro level into, you know, week one, week two, week three for business owners, right. Whatever, whatever we're working on. Um, But you, you touched on it, Claire, what, you know, the, the most important thing though is to really, you need to, you need to prioritize, mm. um, you know, like you, those big three things were, weren't the three things that you were focusing on. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and understanding, um, a, a dis- we call it a decision funnel, but, but having a way that you can, you can assess is this, is, is anything, is this strategic alliance of business? Is it a good fit? Right. What, what does it mean? Like we take the steps through of this decision funnel, yeah. Right. To see if it's a hell. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Otherwise it's like, man, no. Right. Yeah. And that's again about boundaries. Right. Yeah. It's about boundaries. And it's to me, it also reeks of fear, i.e. perfectionism. Like, Oh, I've got this goal and this is what I'm working towards, but Oh, there's a shiny object over there. Maybe I'll go and do that because if they go and look at all the shiny objects, they're always derailed and distracted, but they've got a really good reason why they didn't do that thing. They do right? <laughs> a really nice, like a convenient distraction slash derailment kind of thing. And I think exactly, you know, I'm, I'm, I think it's a, it's finding a bit of a balance between being open to opportunities because sometimes they do come in and you, sure. like, you know, that they're right. Sometimes they come in and they literally are just a shiny object that was never going to be a good fit, was never going to move you towards your goals. And sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a process that you have to go through to get really sure and, okay, well, that definitely wasn't it. I'm definitely going back over here. And sometimes that's a good kind of test, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, I think, like you said, having, having the self-awareness and, and some of those tools, maybe it's an accountability, but, excuse me, accountability buddy, a coach, a friend, someone who you trust implicitly to bounce these things off. And I'm so blessed that I've got a few of those in my life. We call them 
they, they have permission to shoot me with a water gun and occasionally they'll see something that I'm doing online or I'll say, hey, I'm going to do such and such and I'll get a gif of someone shooting a water pistol at them. <laughs> nope, back on here. Come on, we're over here. You know, some people who will just keep me on the straight and narrow. That's good. That's good. Um, I like that idea. I think it's really important. And, and, you know, with respect, sometimes I have to say, no, I know it looks like a shiny object, but I've taken, I've gone through my process and I, it is aligned and I believe in the blah, blah, blah. Sometimes it still goes completely wrong and that's okay. Um, but yeah, I agree with you to, to have some sort of mechanisms in place that help you to make informed decisions about where you're going to spend your energy. Otherwise, that's yeah. where you end up doing the 16-hour days, making no money, having no time right. for friends and actually... And, and your focus is dissipated usually exactly. when that happens, yep. right? And yeah. yeah. Um, and, and ultimately, no matter what decision is, if it's business, if it's personal and someone's wanting to start, you know, it's, it's that age-old phrase, how do you do eat an elephant well, just one bite at a time, bite at a time. right, <laughs> right? You, you, that, that's the way to do it so you just gotta momentum is the greatest gift mm. anybody can have if we feel instinctively like we're making momentum on any task we're good mm. when we feel like we're not making momentum that's when we go cuckoo yeah right yeah. and we start yeah. to self-implode so set yourself up for success mm. don't sign up for a marathon if you've never run more than a mile you know, or what I, I mean, be reasonable, be right. reasonable about what your, your game plans are and work yourself up accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Too many people don't set themselves up for success mm. as efficiently as they could. Yeah, I agree. And I that's think, why, yeah. Well, that's why they, that's why people like us are in business though, too. Right. I mean, right. Ultimately, it, sometimes people need to to have that objective outside of the picture frame sure. yeah. viewpoint and, yeah. and, and coaching or advice, right. Or whatever. Yeah. It would be. Just a sounding board sometimes, isn't it? And, you know, I meet with my biz bestie once a week and we have about 10 minutes each where we talk about what our focus is for the week. And so many times I go, this is what I'm going to do. And I've either picked off too much and she said, mm, really? Yeah, fair enough. Let's go and take a few things off the to-do list this week. But often it's just going, I'm going to do this. And she's like, mm, do you really think that's the problem? And, you know, you can actually have someone to sort of read. I mean, you've got to be picky, I think, about who you choose to do that, that it's not someone who doesn't know the ins and outs enough to be objective or to give, you know, decent advice in their, in their own thing or whatever. But, yeah, and I think, you know, setting um, milestones for those big goals, whether that just looks like just chunking it down and doing the first things and that sort of thing, but stopping and celebrating along the way. Like I'm mm -hmm. I've classically, as most of us are, especially, you know, when you've got your own business, you're kind of wearing all the hats and there's always something to do that we tick something off, right, right, we're done, where's, what's the next thing, move on to the next thing, but there's no time to stop and celebrate and reward ourselves and, and really kind of feel into the, like the success of it and do the coasting thing for a little while. Like, oh, that was amazing. Instead of striving 100% of the time, let's just coast and enjoy this for a bit. Yes. Right? <laughs> I love, I, I, yeah, I love you. I love what you're saying because it's, it's, so, it's so true because A, we, I, I think we feel like we're not supposed to give ourselves a pat on the bat, back and we're not supposed to, you know, enjoy our success. No, we are. Yeah. We are. And I love what you said about coasting. Um, I, I, I talk about this all the time and, and because of my athletic coaching and, and business coaching, it's like every high performance athlete has recovery weeks built yeah. into their training plan. Why? Yeah. 
because growth happens in the recovery okay. phase. Adaptation happens, right? You, you're as you in business, as you go and your foot's on that gas or life or an athlete, right? Your, your residual fatigue begins to rise in the body, oh, right? Yeah. Right. And it's the same in business. Yeah. And it's like, schedule schedule your down week schedule yeah. a time where your 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 output goes down and 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 it's like that's the coast that's the mm -hmm. recovery mm -hmm. and i swear to god when people do it it works all it works yeah it works yeah yeah you know um it can get it getting them to understand that mindset is a huge thing and even for 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 people that aren't in business it's about giving yourself permission mm, yeah right to yeah. to take take your foot off the gas not be busy all the time no yeah no and and when you when you do that when you honestly do that you're, you're more present mm -hmm. and you actually enjoy more and then you come back to to the to when the serious shit a lot better off and more equipped to, to handle the situations yeah I feel like we could just keep talking for the next 10 hours and probably still be really enthralled in this conversation. We should. We should. Let's keep going. We'll, we'll do an overnighter. We'll do an all day for you and an overnighter for me. There we go. This is a 24 hour podcast. Just rock up and listen when you can. <laughs> that would be one hell of a show notes. Let me oh, tell you. Can you imagine? It's already going to be one hell of a show notes. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've really, really dug this entire conversation and where it's gone and, and the ins and outs. And, and I think there's probably more conversations to come, but um, I'm sure there's going to be people scrambling to find more about you and, and your work and that sort of thing. So where's the best place for them to find you and connect? Sure. sure. Uh, well, you can go to leapzonestrategies.com. I'm sure you'll, you'll, posted in the, yeah, in, in, the, in, the in the comments yeah. and stuff yep so leapzonestrategies.com uh, my page is on there i have my own website page on there you can find me on facebook james gardner i welcome uh, i welcome people into my world um, and uh, i'll also uh, put a link there for some invites if anybody would like a uh, a clarity call with me just to just to chat to see uh, you know what's what an objective viewpoint might be able to to help them and spur them on uh, inspirationally wise. So I would welcome that Claire with your, with your amazing audience. Right. And um, it was a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Awesome chatting. I really, really loved it. I loved that you were my first dude on the show. It was a yes. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful conversation. So thank you so much for your amazing insights and, and some of the tips and the strategy and just the, inspiration it was awesome so thank you again for coming on and thank Thanks, you beautiful recovering perfectionists for listening or watching the show today um, as always if you love it give us a rate and review thumbs up and share it with your friends i'll speak to you next time thanks everyone bye